Welcome back. The Socceroos, they're back in the country. And as of tonight, they're back in action for the first time since their World Cup heroics in Qatar. It's a friendly series against Ecuador. Kickoff 8 p.m. Combat Stadium in Parramatta. And as uh, we said earlier, uh, look, largely around celebrating what has happened over there in, uh, in Qatar. But it might just be about celebrating what's to come as well. Before we cross to our man, Andy Harper, this was the Socceroos manager, Graham Arnold, ahead of the Ecuador friendlies. Publicly, it's been more around, you know, uh, an opportunity to celebrate what the boys did. But uh, internally, it's been more about the new campaign is starting. And it starts uh, started yesterday. Uh, we did a great presentation to the boys on reflecting of, of the World Cup. And then, we, not that we drew a line in it, it's, that's our base. It's now going higher than what we did. And uh, so it's all about, you know, again, we are looking at more players, bringing players in, young players that I uh, believe that uh, can really help and achieve special things and uh, giving them the opportunity. It's going to be good to see how especially the younger ones uh, go against South Americans because they probably have never played against South American nations before and uh, how they deal with that. And it's uh, be a great experience for them moving forward. Andy Harper ahead of uh, kickoff tonight at 8 o'clock. This man will be there and he's with us this morning. Thanks to Channel 10, of course, and Paramount+. Plus. Andy Harper, welcome. Hi, Sam. Thanks for having me. A lot of excitement about this one and not just about the friendlies uh, at, at, uh, that are central to that, but, of course, who's going to run out as the 11 yeah. and who we might see tonight. Yeah, and I just, it was a really good grab of Graham Arnold that you played there. And it's very... Excuse me. Uh, it's very exciting to hear the coach talk like that um, because... Yeah, we want to do both things over these games and, and maybe mostly tonight is uh, is to send a cheerio to the boys and wrap our collective arms around them and the team and the organisation and say, you know, we're very proud of you and we're very grateful for the joy that you brought us last November, December. Um, and so to hear Graham Arnold say, yep, yeah, I know that's how it's been dressed up and that's definitely a key element of that, but we're getting ready for the next cycle. And uh, I'm really excited to hear that. And really excited by his public pronouncement that um, everything we do from here on Mm. is to go one better than we did four years ago, if that's possible. Uh, And what an exciting goal to set. Um, And it starts tonight. Uh, And and there are some very exciting young talents coming through in the game. And over the next four years, there's going to be more. Um, Because what we'll realise very quickly, Sam, is that you can't, by starting a new competition uh, nearly 20 years ago, as Football Federation Australia did with the A-League, uh, expect all those development systems to start producing international quality talent in the most competitive uh, com- uh, pool globally there is in that soccer. You might be able to do it in other games, but not ours. It does take time, um, as it did in the mm. NFL, and we're starting to see the fruits of that. So the next generation is arriving, we're told, Andy. I think it's fair to say that over the last decade or so, you know, post the golden generation, it's, it's been pretty bare. But can you tell us about some of these kids coming through? Now, I had to go back and watch some of the highlights of, uh, he's 17 years of age now, but Nestory Iran Kunda, what a powerful yeah. attacking presence he could be going forward. Well, I mean, he is. He's very exciting. He, he's got this typical bravado of a youth who's full of his own opportunity. Uh, not full of himself, I'll be very quick to say, but full of his opportunity. Um, and, you know, he's just, as a 17-year-old, he's quite an exceptional physical uh, um, specimen to be able to compete. As he has done now for over a year in A-League men's um, as a you know 15-year-old coming mm. through first, then 16 and now 17. And, and the goals he scored 
the impact he's had on the game, just phenomenal. Sam, I just want to caution people, however, and not to say that I'm not absolutely excited yep. about Nestor Irin Kunda, but mate, not far in front of him is Garan Qual, um, who excited everyone, did well at the World Cup, has done great for the Mariners and then the Socceroos. Uh, he's found his transition into Europe um, somewhat difficult, we're told, and that's really common for kids this age. Uh, he's gone with a whole pile of fanfare, and we're really excited with Garang. But look how quickly, of course, now, because of Nestria and Kunda, we've looked and we've changed our focus. Um, and my, my hope is that, that we as a football community and a, as, a, as a community of sports fans in Australia, whilst on the one hand get really excited about what's coming through, we don't torch them in the spotlight too early. Now, mm. I'm not suggesting that's happened to Garang Qual at all. But let's make damn sure it's not going to happen to Garang and we, and, and we don't allow Nestria and Kunda to get uh, singed by the same glare, the same focus of us uh, as we watch these guys go through um, the next few Socceroos matches and the next cycle as we bring these kids in. Iran Kunda is a, just an exceptional, exceptional footballing talent at 17, but there's a long way to go. Um, yep. And I'm really happy that he's been brought into the camp for Graham Arnold, for him to get some touch points on senior players who've had to survive the rigours, the serious rigours of living away from your home country in really competitive club environments. Um, and if that's all we get from Nesbier and Kunda out of this two-game series, that'll be enough for me. I don't need to see him take the field, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I know. I'm, I'm, uh, and there's more to it than a highlight package, but it's as good a highlight package as you'll see. Jeez, when he hits them, they certainly stay hit. But what you say, of course, has some real merit. And there's another young man who would fit in this conversation as well, and that's Alex Robertson, who's only 18 years of age, obviously a third-generation Socceroo. He's with Man City, could still play, in fact, for England, Scotland, Peru. I mean, huge raps yeah. on him in camp for the yeah. first time. And Arnie yeah. said he was he was a chance to get out there and debut. Yeah, and of course, even if he does debut, which would be fantastic. I mean, he's a he's a young guy, of course, but he's been he's been in the European scene um, and understanding that world for longer than the kids coming through in the A League. But it's a very obvious thing to say. So, but he's a different proposition as a potential debutant. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing. I mean, I've, I know the family reasonably well in football terms. I mean, I have a rare distinction of playing with both the father and the grandfather in my yeah, right. when I was pursuing my <laughs> lofty heights. Um, but Alex Robertson Sr., the grandfather, um, um, was a senior player at Sydney, Sydney City when I first played. Profound influence on me and my football. And then his son, Mark, was a football contemporary of mine as well. So... I'll be watching with particular interest. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a gong in these couple of games because whilst it doesn't tie him to the Socceroos, that doesn't happen until you play, uh, you know, an A international and in an official sort of match. Friendlies don't necessarily count, um, uh, formally tying someone to a, a, a country. But playing for Australia sooner rather than later might actually emotionally tie him to the cause, which is um, what Graham Arnold's been working on for the last 18 months or so. Um, with a guy, obviously, who grew up in Maroubra, a beachside suburb of Sydney. So he's got a, you know, he's got very lived experience of what being a Socceroo would mean. And, and that he's leaning our way sounds great. And I can't wait to watch him play if that's exactly if that's in fact what happens in these next two games. Just with um, Graham saying it's all about the new campaign, which is, as you said, was, was great to hear. Just on that front, you know, the change in the World Cup qualifying slots, obviously now up to, to eight, Andy. I mean, 
Do you yeah. think that will put more emphasis on something like the, the Asian Cup as a, as a, as a yeah. priority? I don't know if it puts more emphasis on the Asian Cup, but what it means to me is that the, the biggest test yeah. for this next cycle is the Asian Cup. Um, you know, uh, there's really, really the Socceroos, given the performances in the last series of World Cup successful qualifying campaigns, where only four and a half teams out of Asia made it. So that pool to expand to eight, really Australia uh, should be able to make the World Cup uh, the next World Cup in 2026 relatively comfortably, which means the only the only point where I think the organisation is going to be under serious pressure um, is the Asian Cup, a really tough tournament, um, you know, seriously tough tournament, and now much tougher even than qualifying for the World Cup. So that that is where the real the real refining blowtorch is going to be, um, and getting players ready for that, and then beyond into the World Cup again to, to just to come off the back of what Graham Arnold said to improve our performance from Qatar 22. You, you're able to do that in a less pressurised environment, if I can say that, um, unless of course the World Cup qualifying campaign just becomes a complete dog's breakfast, in which case there'll be even more pressure on the organisation. But I seriously don't expect that. Yeah. I really don't. You know. They should do that quite comfortably uh, with a couple of spikes and troughs here and there. He's hoping. Uh, so the A-League obviously takes a break with all this in mind, uh, international duty at the moment, um, Andy. But a handful of games remaining. I mean, how are we poised at, at the pointy end? Obviously, City um, maintain that buffer at the top, but she's pretty tight yeah. everywhere else. Yeah, it is. And you know what? As much as I wrote Melbourne Victory off or, or put them yeah. in their box <laughs> yes. last week, because at, at at your pushing, I must say, Sam. <laughs> I go around the place and people are still talking about the maths that Melbourne Victory aren't no, out. No, stick and, to your guns, Andy. <laughs> well, it's not making me waver necessarily. I think it's too hard for them. But what I will say is there's a lot of people who haven't particularly given up on them yet. And uh, the most important people in that have to be, obviously, the players and the fans. If they believe the maths can still work, um, then yep. what a story that's going to be. But it, it's tight enough everywhere around the competition. Um, and we will resume next week. We've got an unbelievable blockbuster on the Friday night, Adelaide versus Wanderers at Parramatta. Um, and you look at the Wanderers, who at the moment, even considering Melbourne City's position clear at the top, um, the Wanderers on current trajectory and mm. form will win the grand final. Um, but to do that and to maintain that, they play Adelaide in the resumption next week. And then the last game of the home and away season is against Melbourne City. So the Wanderers, can really frame the whole run-in from here in the two matches that bookend the five rounds of home and away to go. It's just been a great competition. Um, The league itself, of course, has had some issues and caused uh, a lot of self-inflicted pain and and irritated fans on this, that and the other. But the players have really delivered a really compelling competition. Um, And I think the fans who've stuck with it are really enjoying it. Um, and, and, and so they should bask in the glory of this excitement as it runs to its conclusion. Indeed, that game actually next uh, next Friday will be an absolute cracker between uh, Western Sydney and Adelaide because they're finding the back of the net with uh, with amazing regularity at the moment. Andy, I've oh, got a question here. I know this has been a topic of conversation pretty much in every chat that uh, that we tend to have had, but uh, off the text here, can you ask Andy on his opinion of the new proposed national second division for Australian football? We, we get texts in here, Andy, from a lot of South Melbourne supporters yeah. who can't wait for it to start in, uh, in March of next year. Yeah, I bet, I bet, and you know, South Melbourne have one of the been one of the key agitators. Look, I love, I love the idea of expanding 
top-flight football to as mm. many clubs as possible. Um, you know, I'm really supportive of the idea of that taking some form in what's called the National Second Division. Um, I'm not privy to the information of how this is going to be built the way clubs like South Melbourne will have in whatever briefings they've had or whatever documents um, they've been sent and have, to, have had to um, sign up to. So we'll wait and see. It's a really difficult, uh, extremely emotional, a very enriching and passionate discussion. Mm. Um, but until we see the detail of, of what it's going to be and exactly how many clubs think they can actually deliver on what's put to them still remains to be seen. But I, I, I live in a world, or my particular football world, where um, the difficulties, potential difficulties of national second divisions, the financial encumbrance that's going to put on communities, etc., 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 can be dealt with by expanding the A-League. Yeah. And as a personal viewpoint, this is not a company stance, I speak on my own behalf here, I, I don't understand, um, put it this way, I would love to see a club like South Melbourne, to name one glorious club from Australian football's history, to be considered as an A-League candidate. Why not? Yep, well said. And uh, I think you'll win a lot of friends with that sort of sentiment too, Andy, if uh, the text uh, traffic's anything to go by this morning. Hey, great to have you on again, mate. As I say, we always enjoy our chats uh, on a Friday morning. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll be watching with great interest. Really looking to see how some of these, hopefully some of these young young Socceroos are blooded and, and show what they're made of. And um, I'm sure we'll speak uh, this time next week with, with the wash-up from it all. Look forward to it, Sam. See you in Melbourne on Tuesday. There's Andy Harper, Channel 10, Paramount Plus football expert, of course. Uh, the A-League taking a break, international duty. Of course, uh, the Socceroos with that assignment against Ecuador. But on the other side of the country, Arsenal went into the international break in the Premiership eight points clear. They might have had a little wobble, but they've consolidated. England this morning, 2-1 over Italy. Harry Kane broke the international scoring record. Uh, he went past Wayne Rooney with his 54th international goal. They were down to 10 men, I think, in the last 10 minutes. Uh, Southgate's mob, Luke Shaw, sent off, but they won it. 2-1 over the Italians. Hey, Melbourne's weather today is cloudy. We've got a top of 20 degrees uh, lined up for you. Uh, it's for City Power supplying power to homes in the CBD and the inner suburbs.